Tonight, I'm going to invite Michael up. We are continuing in our Stories from the Seats series. So um, we asked Michael to share a little bit of his story um, with you guys tonight. And uh, yeah, we're excited to have him here. So Michael. Next seat. (laughs) I'm going to give it away to you. Thanks. Thanks, man. So I'm Michael. I'm from Cedar Falls. I grew up in Cedar Falls. Uh, I actually graduated from Cedar Falls, ironically, too. And then uh, I went to UNI, and then I've kind of just stuck around in the area for the time being. Uh, I have a picture of my family. First one, we'll see if it's which one, which side I'm on. Uh, picture, Picture on the left, six years ago next week, that was on God's Mountain. That was the first time I actually met my wife. I was on a college trip, so leaders, beware. <laughs> uh, picture on the right, that's when we actually got married. So that was going on, that'll be four years this summer. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Next picture that we have up there, this is our massive dog, Maverick. <laughs> I didn't get to pick the dog. I got to pick the name. Uh, other things about us and about me. Uh, we live two blocks away from here. We actually live just kitty corner from the church. Um, finished remodeling the house probably a little over a year ago. Did a lot of work to it. It's been fun. It's been challenging. And I, I just enjoy working with my hands. Uh, being so close, it kind of takes away a majority of my excuses when I miss church on Sundays and people drive by and wave at me on their way to church. Um, I, that's just a, a bad part about living so close to the church. <laughs> uh, other things. Some of you may see me around. Some of you may know me. I was a leader at Chaos for about two years. I've been a leader at Big House now, going on five. Uh, I was asked by the Big House team a few weeks ago to share how God has worked in my life. And the initial thought I had was, it's about dang time. I've been here for five years. Uh, but seriously, I'm happy to be here and happy to share my story. I truly believe God is at work in every single one of your lives, and I'm excited to share to you how he's been at work in mine. Now I'm gonna take a drink before I dive in. So, early life. We can start from the beginning. Uh, I was my mother's second child overall, but last child and only child from her first marriage. Keep up here. to a guy named Daryl Minty. Their marriage lasted a brief amount of time, and alcohol and stimulants playing a major role in both of their lives during that period. I don't really have many memories of this time as I was so young. Uh, they divorced. She remarried a couple years later to another man named John Rosenberg, whose name I have. Uh, similar story. Lasted a brief amount of time. They ended up getting divorced as well. And then the alcohol and stimulants were playing a major part of my mom's life at that time. At the age of four, my family had already experienced two divorces. My sister, my mom, and I then ended up moving in with a few different individuals on the east side of Waterloo. My mom working third shift. We had our lot of unsupervised time and had our fair share of terrible babysitters and really weren't living in a healthy place. Uh, Around the age and time I was five, my mom made a big decision 
uh, might have been her best decision and it might have been pretty hard for her, but she made the decision to sign over legal guardianship of my sister and I to my grandparents. I was so young, I didn't really understand what was happening. And to be honest, this is something me and my mom really haven't had a direct conversation on to this day. It's uh, kind of a, a touchy subject for both of us. Uh, my grandparents saw the environment that we were in and they made a hard choice to take us in. And to put this choice into perspective for my grandparents, they moved us in to their home at the same time that my aunt, one of their daughters, had gotten diagnosed with a cancerous brain tumor. So to say times were tough just in, in all and surrounding our family was a pretty severe understatement at that time. So while living with my grandparents, we really didn't go to church on Sundays. I didn't even know who Jesus was. I do remember going to church only when it was nice outside and they had an outdoor service. I don't really know why that was or why that, why that is. I think my grandpa just really enjoyed being outside when it was nice outside. Um, immediately after moving in with them, my grandpa enrolled me and started me in ice skating and in hockey. Uh, through elementary and into junior high, all I knew was hockey. Everything about me revolved around it. I lived, breathed, bled hockey. Uh, however, it became pretty apparent pretty quickly that I struggled to effectively control my emotion and I struggled to take critical feedback. I really looked at a lot of these coaches and people that were around me as father figures and I had no concept of God at this time at all. Then at the beginning of junior high, I was pulled out of hockey as it was getting to be really expensive. This was devastating to me, I was wrecked. All my friends were through hockey, it was a healthy exit for my emotion, and it kept me active and distracted. And now that that was gone, I had to deal with all of these things. I felt like no one could relate to me. The, the significant generational gap between my grandparents and I playing a major part. I'd spend a majority of my time with my grandparents with a set of rules and guidelines. I would then go to my ex-stepdads for the holidays and then the occasional weekend with a different set of rules. And then every now and again, my mom would pop back into the picture and there would be no rules. So it'd be freedom. Uh, it was very confusing for me at a young age and I really didn't know how to please everyone and really didn't get to do a good job at it. I was angry. I was fighting at school, not wanting to go to class, arguing with teachers. I was even threatened to have the police called on me at one point. In this one year into seventh grade, I spent a week at a detention center, a week at a mental hospital, and then I was shipped to live and work in a remodeling business with my uncle in Wisconsin for that summer. These events during this time, they, they marked me at such a young age. I mean, you're 13 years old, 12 years old. It was really the beginning of my wake-up call. I was still searching for something and still so very angry. I was confused with who I was. I felt like I didn't have anything steady in my life. I would really consider this time in my life rock bottom for me. And ironically, this was all happening during the same time frame I started getting dropped off at the local junior high ministry, or chaos. I really have no idea why I even started going. I still had no idea who God or who Jesus was, and I pretty quickly earned the title of that kid amongst the leaders and everybody else there. 
think uh, I desired so deeply just to fit in or to at least, at the very least, be in an environment where I felt like people could tolerate me. And I figured, well, it's a church. Aren't they supposed to do that? And chaos became that place for me. I had individual leaders from chaos that saw past the fighting, breaking things, and just straight anger in me. And they saw something in me that I couldn't even see in myself. They started to intentionally interact with me during those years. And at this time, one of my leaders allowed me to run the computer and play music before a large group. Now, this doesn't seem significant, but for me at that time, it made me feel accepted. And it made me feel wanted and even loved in this environment. So I continued to volunteer for things. I attended trips and be involved in small groups. Being in relationship with these leaders and the people around me set an example for something I had desired in my own life. I didn't even know what I was desiring, but it was clear that really what I was desiring was a relationship with God. And this really started the, the journey of me coming to know who Jesus is. A leader reached out to me my eighth grade year and said, I think you need to go on this trip to Washington, D.C. this summer. Little did he know, this would be the longest 38 hours he'd ever spend in a van. I still commend Tim Walston and his wife and Caitlin Anderson's patience with me during that time. <laughs> I became aware on that trip that it was okay for me to make changes in order to make some friends and be able to have people that wanted to be around me. And one of the first things being, I really need to stop talking and start listening. Uh, high school was a pretty good time. I had friends. I was consistently attending this big house setting, actually. And I started my first official job at Texas Roadhouse, which is a great place. And I found my passion for working with my hands, fixing things, and building things. And if you saw in that picture before, I was wearing the tool belt, and it helped me get my wife. So during this time frame, going to Big House, being here, I had a small group that was able to have honest conversations on topics that aren't easy. We took risks to trust, be vulnerable, and support each other. And we had a really diverse group of guys and a leader that pushed us to take advantage of the time and discuss what was on our mind during that time, even if it didn't pertain to the talk. We moved into that uncomfortable territory and we worked hard to seek and understand each other. Uh, one of my greatest memories of Big House was my senior year. Uh, it was one of the last Big Houses and we decided, me and another guy in our group, that it'd be a great idea to throw a dance party in our small group room. And what's a good dance party without a fog machine? And so we set this fog machine up prior to the large group programming and decided, oh, you know what? We're going to fog this whole room out. And then when we come out, it's going to be great. But what we didn't know was that there was this vent in this room that took all the fog, blew it through the other end of the church, and then would set the fire alarms and send the fire truck during the talk. So thanks for anybody who didn't want to fog out their small group room and have a dance party tonight. 
And this was yet again another time that I had to admire Tim Walston's patience with me. <laughs> but back to being serious. In, in this season of my life, I had leaders and adults that were in my corner that made me feel comfortable enough to express my thoughts and high school stresses to them. I was in a setting that I felt wanted and I was able to let my guard down. I had people in my life that I could be real with. So throughout this journey, my relationship with Jesus wasn't an aha moment or even a huge event. And I'm sure some of you can relate to this. But that doesn't mean that God isn't at work. I had experiences in my life in relationships with people I, I admired and it just gradually made sense to me. And I just desired to know more and be in that environment more. At the end of my high school career, I believed in Jesus. This was completely different from the kid that was fighting, who was breaking things and slamming the door and literally stacking things against it so people couldn't get in and get to him. Relationships in my life lead me to know and want to know Jesus. God was at work in renewing my mind during this entire journey. When I was searching for acceptance, significance, and comfort, God brought leaders, friends, small groups, trips, and conversations to mold who I am and who I became. Now, the point I want to make, too, is that none of this happened because my life circumstances changed. God worked in me and will work in you in the midst of your circumstances, and he worked in the midst of mine. He met me where I was, even when life was hard, and he'll meet you when life is hard. Despite the messiness of life, God kept loving me, and God kept showing up, and God kept relentlessly pursuing me. Now, I could tell you about how life has been hard. I could tell you about the times I've gone with the sheriff to remove my mom from abusive relationships. I could tell you about the struggle of balancing the dynamic of my family today. And I could tell you about how hard and stressful my job is at times. And I could just tell you in general countless stories of how stressful life can be but I don't want to elaborate on those things. I'm not going to. But I am going to tell you how great the God I know is. He accepts me as I am and directs me down a path that truly satisfies. Now, I've talked about some, some of the hard things that are in my life and throughout my journey but I want you to know that through this relationship, I've been able to see the incredible blessings that God has poured out into my life between my wife, my relationships with friends, coworkers, mentors, students, and even in my career. Through this journey, I fully knew the importance of being connected and it remained a priority in my life and continues to be a priority in my life. The Jesus that I know and came to know cares about me, forgives me, and provides me with strength. 
And because I have my confidence in a God that meets us where we are, there's a solid foundation to stand on when tough circumstances blow us away. So my challenge for you and myself continually is utilize the time with friends and people that build you up and get past the surface level. Be vulnerable with your leaders and in your small groups. Take down your walls and make room for honest conversation. It's worth it. This is where growth will happen and this is where you're going to be able to take a next step or deal with things that you don't think that you can. And also, just know that you're not alone. This story from the seats piece means that every one of you has, has a story. You may not relate to mine. You may not relate to anybody else's. But know that you have a story and that God works in that story. And you're going to be able to have a retrospect to know that God was at work in it. So I can invite the band up now. I'm going to end up praying. I went a little quick. But the last piece I want to be able to say is that God, God is going to use this. He's going to let you experience the joy of life by his design and prepare you to handle the curves if you allow him to. Thanks. I'm going to pray. Uh, Father God, Lord, I thank you for this setting and that you just allow high school students to come in here and get to know you, get to know your love, and get to do it with people that are their own age, and you allow leaders to be here just to listen to them. I pray that you can be able to help them identify their story and be able to understand where you are at work in their lives and that they will be able to open up, take down their walls, and let you work in that. So I pray that tonight, and I pray that over this spring break, that you allow everyone in this room to just be able to look at where are they at and to have an honest conversation with themselves and be able to find the true joy that you are. Amen.